While the physical ceremony doesn't need repeating, the spiritual reality of baptism is on repeat for our entire Christian lives. Hello, you're listening to the Greek to Me podcast, a daily discovery of the New Testament scriptures one word at a time. We hope today's podcast helps you better understand and appreciate God's word. Hi, today's word is baptizo. In Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." This passage has come up before. There's a lot here, but what I want to draw out is the word baptizing or baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptizo, you hear the similarity already. It means to immerse, uh, to submerge, or even to dip. Uh, and Christian baptism is one of two ordinances that Jesus instituted for his church, along with, of course, communion or the Lord's Supper. These instructions specify that the church is responsible to teach Jesus' word, to make disciples and baptize those disciples upon response, putting their faith in Jesus Christ. These things are being done everywhere in all nations until the very end of the age, until Christ returns. Baptism is actually practiced before the foundation of the Christian church. The Jews of ancient times would baptize proselytes or converts to signify their moral cleansing. John the Baptist used baptism to prepare the way of the Lord, requiring everyone, not even just Gentiles, even Jews, to be baptized to show that they understood their need for repentance and forgiveness of sin. However, Christian baptism has a deeper significance than John's baptism. And it's more than just the words, Father, Son, and Spirit, that makes it a Christian baptism. See, while Jewish baptism was extremely meaningful, it was fairly two-dimensional. It was primarily, if not exclusively, about the cleansing of sin. And the picture was dipping a dish to wash away the filth of previous use. Well, baptism that Jesus instituted is far more three-dimensional. It's not just about washing away the stain of sin, but it's also about a deep association with Christ himself. The picture is that of faith in Christ, that we are immersed in Christ, fully submerged into Christ. Romans 6, 4 puts it this way, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Christian baptism illustrates in dramatic style the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. At the same time, it also illustrates our death to sin and a new life in Christ. As the sinner confesses the Lord Jesus, he dies to sin, as seen in Romans 6.11, and then is raised to a brand new life, as seen in Colossians 2.12. Being submerged in the water represents death to sin, and emerging from the water represents the cleansing and a holy life that follows salvation. 
In this way, baptism is an outward or a public testimony, a public demonstration of an inward change in a believer's life. It is a meaningful, symbolic demonstration of a new Christian's trust in Christ, association with Christ, and their eternal hope that is in Christ. I say new Christian because baptism is designed to be the first act of obedience to the Lord after salvation. The Bible shows in many places that the order of events goes like this. One, a person believes in or believes on the Lord Jesus. Two, he or she is baptized. This sequence is seen in Acts chapter 2 that those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. And to publicly associate with Christ in his church has not always been a safe thing to do. To go public with your profession of faith through baptism has not always been safe, but it's always been a way to ensure that new believers are counting the cost of following Christ in the world and that they are communicating clearly to the faith community that they too are in Christ, that they are unified by and baptized into, as Paul says, the same spirit as the rest of the church. It's a profound and, and beautiful and exciting thing for a new believer to be baptized. And, and in my experience, whether it's been in a feeding trough, a swimming pool, or a, a baptismal, that baptisms or a baptism service has always been a highlight of church gatherings. There's nothing like it. Earlier, I used the word ordinance to describe what baptism is, and I avoided the word sacrament. Now, you might prefer the word sacrament, but there's a reason I avoid this word. A, a sacrament is technically, definitionally, a religious ritual that's regarded as imparting divine grace. This is certainly how the Roman Catholic Church uses the word in speaking of both baptism and the Lord's Supper. And what is dangerous with a sacramental approach to these ceremonies is to see them as contributing grace or giving grace to the Christian that would not be received otherwise. It converts an act of obedience and celebration and remembrance into a good work that further solidifies your hope of salvation. Although baptism is closely associated with salvation, it is not required to be saved and does not result in more grace in the moral account of the Christian. We are granted, imputed the sufficient amount of grace by faith alone in Christ and in his righteousness alone. After all, the thief on the cross and other deathbed conversions are great examples of how baptism, while profoundly meaningful and profoundly important, again, they are matters of obedience to the Christian, that it is not a saving grace for the convert. That said, a new believer should desire to be baptized as soon as possible. This also is a pattern in scriptures. In Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer was baptized at once. In Acts chapter 8, Philip speaking to the Ethiopian eunuch, the good news about Jesus, that the eunuch replied immediately as they were traveling, here is some water. What stands in the way of me being baptized? Right away, they stopped the chariot. Philip baptized the man. Christian when, then, with all this in mind, when was the last time you were baptized? And I realize it's a strange question because Christian baptism needs only done once, right? There's no need to repeat it, but here's what I mean. While the physical ceremony doesn't need repeating, the spiritual reality of baptism is on repeat for our entire Christian lives. We should continually 
daily, moment by moment, be trusting in Christ, his righteousness for ours, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin, his resurrection for our hope of eternal life. We need these truths, the truths of the gospel daily. And so in a very real sense, let us never leave the waters of baptism.